Jam-packed. In, in jam-packed. Are you ready for two hours of me attempting? Podcasting is pretty fun, actually. Just start a podcast, and you can talk about anything. And then you can probably... And then you can just invite your friends to your podcast episode. At least the way that, that's the way that I see it. Um, and it doesn't have to be that serious. And and it doesn't have to be that serious. Okay, so I'm going to try to make this... Um, I'm going to try to make it so that I'm not like crafting my words. Uh, so that I'm not crafting the words that are coming out of my mouth. Because it's more fun if I can just... Because if I'm in the business of crafting the words that are coming out of my mouth, then uh, that's what I'm in the business of doing. Then that's more just... That's more in the way of that I feel like there's a limit to what I'm going to say, and so then I have to say it all well. But I think it's more the case that your mind... Your mind is in one place every single day it's in a new place every day and depending on how scatterbrained you are you might be able to make an interesting podcast out of that your mind is in a different place every day because for some people it is more volatile whether the place that their mind is a day given a given day but i think that really you only get like if we're talking about specifics because that's what i'm that's what I'm saying is that, well, your brain is so complex, you're only going to end up with one, like each day brings you a at least slightly different uh, train of thought, like, like thought, complexities of thought. Each day gives you a different way of organizing your thoughts and like you're going to, you're going to craft your sentences different depending on the day and you're going to speak differently you're going to want to speak about stuff differently as far as long as you're like if you're making a podcast and you're you want to think of different topics like you would if you were speaking from your perspective probably have at least a slightly different topic to talk about all the time now for some people maybe it wouldn't exactly work that way like they would pretty much end up saying the same thing no matter what but i think that that kind of person isn't really trying or at least they don't give enough credit to themselves to be able to say different things. They don't give enough credit to themselves or give themselves a voice enough to speak or understand that they have a voice to speak and that they have things to say. I think that everyone has stuff to say. There's a lot of people that will automatically discredit themselves and their ability to add anything new, and so those people are already written out of the picture as far as people that might as far as people that might seek to talk for a long time or share their subjective reality, there's plenty of people that shared nothing about their subjective reality. There's plenty of people and there's, there's a lot of liberals, especially like liberals will not liberals. Don't think that the individual should speak just overall. Like if you're a liberal, you might, be more likely to say because if you're a liberal you're just going to give the authority to authority figures only and and liberals are really heavy on authority figures and looking to the right the proper authorities like it's not decided until the proper authoritarian group 
says that it's decided according to liberals. Like liberals don't give any power to the individual to 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 have opinions. You know, it's to the point. Just those those liberals, they're just God damn it, God damn it. Those liberals are so fucking useless. They're not out here every fucking day. Just whatever the fuck. I don't even know. I say get rid of them. If you see a liberal or hear a liberal, I don't know if there's any of them left for sure. But um, from what I understand, there is still a few stragglers out there. And um, if you see a liberal in the street or if one identifies oneself themselves to you, um, just, just, just take them at their word that they are a liberal and beat the life out of them or something something like that no i'm just kidding i'm actually just kidding i don't really care i think i i mean i would vote for bernie sanders or donald trump but liberals do have their set of things that are just annoying that i like to talk about i would vote for vote for sanders or trump but so i'm going to talk about i'm going to talk about topics today um, I wanted to talk about, I wanted to set the ground rules for the, for the perspective that I'm speaking from overall, just generally what my perspective is. Um, or at least I want to explain because when I, when I say things like that, the square root of minus one is equal to a positive unit as a product with a negative unit, or at least that's a way that you should start to consider to view it. Um, it's not, it's not so much that that's a sidebar or like a special thing that I, that I did for just an episode or like, I don't, I don't come to that conclusion because, uh, I really like went out of my way to figure out what the square root of minus one is, even though I sort of, even though I sort of did, uh, what I'm saying is that like, it's more the perspective that I'm speaking from eventually includes that, or it leads me to think about what leads me to think about the dynamics between positive and negative. Um, but, uh, but most comprehensively the, the dynamics between what is infinite and what is finite, because I, I tend to want to interpret everything through that perspective or or at least i used to um but i i tend to try to interpret things through that perspective and what i see in like an imaginary unit i equals the square root of minus one it's kind of something that is um both a finite and an infinite unit at the same time but more it's more easily understood to be something that is both subjective and objective at the same time uh, whether or not I outlined that at the time, uh, that it's like subjective and objective at the same time. Uh, because something that is objective is something that's finite and something that's subjective is, is something that's infinite. And that's the dynamic that I'm talking about. But it's a dynamic that I tend to speak from the perspective of uh, just because that's not something that people really go into. They don't, they don't go into talking about 
how the finite is related to the infinite, but um, and which is the same thing as the subject subjective versus the objective. Uh, um, so what am I even talking about? What am I saying? Well, I'm saying that, and here it is, and really here is what I'm saying, and it's going to come out of my mouth, and and here it comes, and it's going to come out of my mouth. So what I'm saying is the a perspective that's interesting to me and one that I often speak from is this dynamic of two things at one time, which is that finite and infinite at the same time or subjective and objective at the same time or position and negation at the same time or microscopic and macroscopic at the same time. And, and there's more than that. But what's important about the perspective is the two-ness of it, is that it's a is that it's a perspective that allows for a thing and its opposite thing. But um, I tend to try to group everything into two groups like that. Like any pair of opposites, I try to find I try to find which one goes with infinite things and which one goes with finite things, because those are the two realities that are in a way superimposed over each other in our daily lives just as we're walking around like you live subjectively and you live objectively but the way that you live objectively like you do them at the same time but they both are in different realities so to speak but they're in realities that are superimposed over each other the same way that the past is superimposed over the future in the present like the the future and the past is another dynamic that I would try to group between infinite and finite, and that one's more difficult to try to figure out. But uh, I would say your past is, well, your past is infinite because that has more to do with subjectivity, and your and the future is maybe finite. But it, that one's actually really difficult. And I'm not sure I even have come to a conclusion on which one is which, but that's what I try to do. I try to group these things into different categories. So when I said microscopic and macroscopic, like macroscopic is descriptive of the finite and microscopic is descriptive of the infinite and and objectivity is descriptive of the finite and subjectivity is descriptive of the infinite. But uh, the But objectivity is finite because it involves that which is outside of yourself and there's and the word in latin object in latin is from the latin word objectum which means something presented to the mind and and what you and the objective reality is built around things that are presented to your mind it's built around objects it's about objects it's about you seeing things as objects and you seeing it as an object is how it can be defined and how it can be finite. Um, first of all, because it is defined as something that, like, it's something that you've defined. Like, if it's something that you that's been made in the world, like a guitar, it is. It was made that way and shaped that way on purpose and performs a specific function. And uh, if you were shaping it that way on purpose, chances are you are you had already created the definition or like because it is such a distinct shape, it kind of goes hand in hand that it already probably has a definition, but it has a definition upon being created at all. Once the idea is realized in reality, then it's given a definition and it's finite. Besides that, it's a finite object and it is, it is finite objects that you, you deal with those in the objective reality. You see finite objects all around you, the things presented to your mind, even other people, the way that you see them, 
like as objects is is uh, representative of those people's objective realities. But uh, the subjective reality is like a reality that you can't see. And it's the one it's the reality of your imagination. And um, in that reality, you get the opportunity to define and category. You have to define and categorize every single finite object you see around you from your object that you see objectively. You have to define and categorize every single one of them in the same space in your mind. And that is your... That's your subjective reality, and and it's infinite because your imagination is infinite, especially in the respect that your imagination can imagine any finite thing that hasn't been created and any finite thing that has been created. It can, I mean, it doesn't have to imagine the ones that have been created. It just has to categorize them. Uh, that your subjective reality, your mind just categorizes and defines everything. Um, and it and it has to order it and categorize it. And the categorizations that you come up with for the world around you are specific to you and specific to your identity. But uh, but your imagination is infinite because you can um, you can imagine anything. Uh, you can imagine infinite different kinds of like. Uh, you can imagine infinite different kinds of rhinos or something or anything or tables. You can imagine them and things that haven't been created, even things that aren't already created. You can imagine them. Your imagination has the capacity to imagine all of those ideas. And so in that way, it is it's infinite, but it's um, it's infinite because it is like a portion of that which is undefined of of undefinability that is captured in inside an individual and it describes the space within an individual where and so because of that it describes a space at all and if it is describing a space it describes a space within the individual instead of a point and the and objective reality deals with points and finite things are points because they are they are definable like like points on a number line they all designate a different number and each number is like a different definition it's like a different it's a different point it's a different thing that you've defined you know if if you're talking about it numerically uh but so the objective world deals with points and points are are like defined instances and they they're just points but uh, your your subjective reality is a space, and you need it to be a space in order for you to have categories, which are spaces, you know. But it's it describes a space rather than a rather than a point. Like you exist as a point to other people. You exist as a point of reference, and to other people that see you, and and they define you just as that point, as just your name, you know, because they don't have your subjective reality where they understand what they don't, where they understand the depth of your character and your emotions and your brain, you know, they, they can only see you ever as a point. And they, I mean, you can comprehend, you can through your relationships and, uh, and all that, you can comprehend other people's minds and like really understand who they are and that kind of thing um and you can you can understand people's subjective realities better the more patience that you have and the more that you're willing to go the distance to understand their subjective reality um because we're like 
the more that you're willing to understand another person's imagination, the more time that that takes, the more the more patience it takes if you're willing to if you're willing to go all the way there, like to figure out because there's there's people that are closed off that you can't go to, that you can't under you can't be a part of their imagination and their reality, but there's people that you can take part in their realities and um they are people some people are more open and sharing their realities and they're more transparent and they let they let things pass through them more easily like the emotions of other people and and that kind of thing um finiteness and infiniteness i'm talking about i'm talking about that but like microscopic things are are infinite ones Microscope. The microscopic is infinite, and the macroscopic is finite. And the macroscopic, and another way of describing that, at least scientifically, is saying the like the world of of general relativity, which involves all these moving bodies and planets that move relative to each other and uh, move at different relative times. Uh, that is that's finite. That's scientifically, that's finite, general relativity. But quantum mechanics is infinite because it deals with an infinite space. The same, It deals with a space between zero and one the same way your subjective reality deals with the space within the individual between zero and one, a, a space indivisible, since individual means not divisible. Um, and... And your objective reality is outside of that and deals with things that can be counted and defined to a single instance, to a single point uh, that you that you can categorize if you have a subjective reality or you have a portion of imagination or a portion of infinite space, so to speak, because a space is infinite if it is a space. Like if a space from zero to one is infinite, the same way a space from one to two is infinite. Uh, I'm just talking about even just the space on a number line between one and two describes like an infinite space, you know, but uh, and more specifically a space between zero and one. And that's why I talk about spectrums is because that is uh, that's I'm describing essentially the same thing, a space between zero and one. It's just that a spectrum is like an archetypal layout of of a subjective space. And and it's uh, it's an archetypal layout of a subjective space, and so therefore is like in contrast to the objective reality. But it's important because it describes an infinite space, because the archetypal layout of a of a subjective space is like an archetypal infinite space that you can look to. That we have we have spectrums that we can try to understand infinity through them. If you if you look enough at the properties of spectrums and take if like you're patient enough to try to see that there's a certain language to it and to try to understand what the language of a spectrum is is like the same thing as understanding that there's a language for infinite space um and that is what and that's what quantum mechanic like quantum physics is it describes an infinite space a space between zero and one that's why it's quanta uh not that people 
describe it that way. They don't just dis- they don't say it is about uh like they don't teach it to people like it's um descriptive of the space between zero and one. I'm just telling you that that's what it is, and it is uh it's in the name quanta quantum mechanics. It deals with singular units of quanta it deals with singular units but more specifically whether or not people have verbalized this before it deals with the unit itself so the zero to one of it and its existence and its existence its existence is uh formulated in like the zero to one aspect but like it's like at the point that something is defined it is one thing it is a finite point it is one thing but uh, it is not defined as long as you're just considering whatever needed to happen between there being no thing and one thing in order for for that to come about. Like when a baby is born, what like what's the different? There's no uh, you can't really describe it not being there to it being there. But once it's there, it's one thing, and you got one baby, and you know it's it's a baby as defined. And then more specifically, the name of the baby as defined. You know, so that we can specify between babies because that's apparently important i don't i don't see it as that i think everybody should have the same name i don't care i'm just kidding i think everyone should have the same name but uh but so but and then high and then quantum and then physics mechanics relativity macroscopic infinite See, the words are not exactly flowing from my mouth, and if I do enough podcast episodes, like, what better do I need to do, though, right? Do I need to be a perfect man? Do I need to be even better? There, When I say that the words aren't flowing really well from my mouth, I mean that, like, I know that I'm capable of not stuttering when I try to just jam a bunch of words together. Like, I just, I want to, like, there are so many ways that you can just throw sentences together and we limit ourselves to we limit ourselves to the same delivery of words and sentences all the time i'm going to the grocery store it's good for me i like going to the grocery store it's not my fault and every time that i go there i drive down the road and i see lots of people i hate going inside the grocery store but i had to do it like why don't we just talk in paragraphs like that where it's all one jam together thing well, sometimes I make a podcast, but it's not really my fault or whatever. Sometimes I see lots of people outside. <laughs> it's like fucking terrible. That's not even I can. Then I start into the same thing again. I'm fucking awful. Don't you understand how shitty I am at things? God, does anybody fucking understand how stupid I am? Boop a doop to doop do 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 do. Mm-hmm. Anyway, if the finite Versus the finite, 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 versus the finite. Yeah, I need to be a perfect guy. You know, I have to do everything right all the time. I have to do everything right. <laughs> like, I don't ever let myself just, uh, like, relax or anything. Like, I got to make a good gotta make a good podcast like if i haven't recorded a podcast in a couple days like well what do you not care about it you not care about that apparently what are you just letting it slip away i guess it's not i guess it doesn't mean the same thing it did to you when you first started doing it i guess you don't care about it anymore like even if i if it doesn't feel the exact same way as it used to i'm like 
Well, I guess uh, that's not important to you anymore. Like, especially if it's something that I liked, like I do like it and I don't, I don't want it to become burdensome or, or whatever the same way, the way that other things sometimes get when you like them at first, but then it wears off. Like, I guess I'm worried about, because I like podcasting about it wearing off. So then I'd start making up in my head, like, well, I guess it's not, it doesn't feel the same way. Maybe you should just stop the thing altogether. Like this, I guess this isn't really working out. Like it's, it's spectacular. And it's just a way of trying to get out of commitments and you can make those excuses as much as you want. And this is something I was thinking about today. This is something that I was thinking about today. This is something that I was thinking about today. This is something that I was thinking about today. Let me try to do a better one. I go outside and sometimes I see my neighbors. They have a house out there. It's not their fault that they have a house, but they do have a sort of big one. I wish it was smaller. Not my fault or theirs, but sometimes I go outside yeah, and then I start into the it's fault, and it's like, and, uh, well, when I walk down the street, I'm wearing clothes, and that's totally on me that I'm wearing, no, I need to do it faster, that's the point, that's what's interesting about it, is if you do it really fast, then you talk like you're, like you're talking like somebody who hasn't talked that way before, anyway, uh, rather than going to that because I'm not even good at it. I will figure out. No. So I was thinking about today, like if I carry on just being like, Oh, what is identity? What, what is, what is my identity? Identity is this way and whatever. And I'm making a concerted effort now to, define identity to myself so I don't have to think or talk about it anymore. Um, because I believe, well, it's just, it's just that once you define something to yourself, once you define something to yourself, you can put it behind yourself because you have authority over that, which you define. Like if you're really anxious and you don't, uh, you don't know what the problem is, um, a big part of the problem, like the worst anxiety that you can have is you feel really bad about something that you have no way to put into words. Like it's just something that's really upsetting to you and you just got to wait for it to pass. Or if you, if you're really freaked out about it, you're just going to give into the anxiety and act like you are the only person with that amount of anxiety. Like if you don't know enough about anxiety, you'll give into it and act like and feel like you're the only one who has the anxiety and it'll always be a part of your life and always be a terrible problem. And it's like here to stay forever and there's nothing you can do about it. Like if it's really bad anxiety and you don't even have to call that anxiety, that's just like, that's uneasiness that people feel all the time. Like when you feel really uneasy about stuff, I think it's very, very often the case that, um, you, a big part of you feeling uneasy about it is you feel like it's never going to go away or it's going to be like that forever. Uh, because I guess that's just kind of what it means to be sad or something. That's what it means. Well, that's sort of what it, but I need to, I, once you define something to yourself, you can put it behind yourself because you have authority over it. Like a couple months ago, I, like I have a realization every once in a while and it's like me defining something really big like identity or performance 
or like just the idea of it. And it's like me really coming to grips, grips with it. But when I have a realization like the one that I'm talking about, it's like, um, it's like the, I think about, like I realized a couple months ago about performance that, uh, like it's just uh, like I have been carrying on my entire life in a sort of state of performance, but until I had to find, until I had to find it to myself that way, like I I know what performance is, and I've defined it to myself in complex and abstract ways before I had this realization, but um, I didn't. The realization didn't really, uh, or like I hadn't entirely defined the word yet until I realized this. And like, I realized that like there's, I could classify what I was doing like in my past up until I realized this as performance. And I didn't realize that performance was a big enough word that it could account for this like set of actions or behaviors that I have around people that like, Oh, I guess you, it's kind of like I'm performing. And, uh, once I realized that, and defined performance to myself. Well, it's more that I defined this aspect of my personality, this aspect of myself. I defined something about myself to myself, and it just happened to be under the heading performance. And so it helps to helps to know words like that so you can more exactly define portions of yourself. I guess if you so i would be an advocate for having a for attempting to have a bigger vocabulary or at least not or at least trying to allow words into your life rather than allow words in your life rather than trying to deny rather than going about things trying to talk as simply as possible because you'll be able to define yourself more exactly if like if i hadn't not that performance is a big word, but it is kind of a bigger word, like if you consider the giant concept of it. But if I hadn't figured out enough about the concept, I wouldn't have been able to define myself more exactly to that concept and realize that that's what it was. Like I was able to define this portion of myself and it was really helpful to me and like really freeing and exciting. Like I was really happy that I was like, oh, because I knew. It, that's why I call it, that's why it's a realization. It's because I knew that I was right. I was like, oh, I, I'm just, it's because it's like a performance. And at the point that I was define, able to define that part of myself, I had authority over that part of myself that I didn't have before. So you should try to define your define things about yourself and let the let the realization happen, you know? Because it's not like, it's not like I could have planned to have that realization. It's just something that happened naturally. It's a change that happened naturally. And it is a change because at the point that I have authority over that part of myself, it's not something that's weighing me down anymore. And it's something I can put behind me and then I can focus my interests on other things rather than this part of myself that I defined. Because once I defined it, I was able to put it under the category performance, like truthfully, because I knew that that's what it was. Um, then yeah, then there's less that I'm carrying around, but it's, it's in the, it's in the category performance. I don't have to, I've defined it to one thing, one finite thing. And so therefore it is no longer complex, but is definable to a single instance and an instance that I, like I was able to put it in the right category. Ultimately I was able to put it in 
in the categories, able to define it to myself. And everybody has a different set of categories and different words and different concepts that they find important um, that they... And for some people, you might have something like performance, which is a concept that I deem to be very important. Like some people might have, might uh, more singularly have interest in certain concepts and then they end up putting a lot of stuff under that heading. But uh, yeah, like you should try to, and like I said, it's not something you can force on yourself. You can't force yourself to define yourself. It just happens naturally, but you should try to allow you should try to allow that and try to allow yourself to understand yourself. Um, and okay. But so that was that about, that was that about performance. But what I thought about today was identity uh, was that I want to, I want to define identity the same way. I want to define identity the same way. But now I realize that as I'm talking about it, it's not identity that I'm seeking to define. It's a portion of myself that I'm seeking to place under the category identity. But yeah, because it isn't identity that I'm seeking to define. So I don't really, I guess I don't need to define it, but I do want to define it, or at least I want to be able to define it to the point that, because now I feel like I have an identity anyway. I have one now, like, I don't have to worry about, oh, I got to, what am I going to maintain my identity through? I'm okay with having an identity now, and it's not something I have to worry about. The thing is, though, like, uh, if I'm going to be on this podcast talking to you, like, I don't want to drone on and on about the concept of identity, because especially when I've been able to move past it. Because if I am doing that and acting like, oh, what is it exactly? Because that's the argument. It's an argument to me is what is identity exactly? And it's an argument to me um, because the idea has properties that are both finite and, and infinite because the idea itself carries on both objectively and subjectively. Identity does. Um, and it does so because for, and that's why I, keep running over it in my head like what is identity exactly um, and it carries on objectively and subjectively because you identify other people objectively like just based on their appearance like that's pretty much solely what uh, what makes you see them as an object is just their appearance and then the name that's tied with the appearance it's like you seeing as another person and their identity as an object yet people are also defined by their actions in addition to their appearance and their actions and the, and the reason that they frequently perform some actions over others is like a result of your mind really that you is a result of your characteristics from, from you subjectively and the characteristics that you convey more frequently is, is your identity. But so your identity is carried out just, through your appearance and just through being something, just through being an object. And so it's carried out objectively, but it's carried out subjectively because, because you have to imagine into reality your actions and you, you ultimately imagine into reality 
your identity, but your but your specific identity is the actions that you have performed the most frequently or the ones and the actions that you perform the most frequently are the ones most specific to the heart of your identity, whatever it may be. And and the characteristics that you have, it's the same thing. Like the way that people are able to describe you is not just your objective appearance. It's because of it's because of what you say subjectively and the characteristics that you are and the actions that you do as a result of your subjective self. And so, and so identity is, it has both subjective and objective. And I like to try to, I like to put, um, I like to put everything in one of the two sides. And I realized today that I haven't done that with identity because I can't, I can't even think of what an opposite for identity is. I thought that it was infrequency, but infrequency would only apply to like the subjective part of identity. So I'm always, I keep trying to figure out what an, what an identity is, but I can't drone on and on acting like I myself don't know how to have one because, because I've moved past that in my life. And if I did do that, it would be theater. It would just be a performance. It would just be me like, oh, what do I do? It's just so tumultuous. I can't figure it out. I'm over here and I'm over there. Ah, I just I can't figure out my identity, even though ultimately, even though ultimately it's like I do kind of want to go back into it and be like, have I figured out an identity? But I have. But if you keep going back into it and saying, ooh, I don't know, have I figured out an identity? Then you are always stuck with that excuse and you're performing to that excuse because you have to play that character of the guy who doesn't have an identity. And I don't want to play the character of the guy who doesn't have an identity because that would probably be a miserable existence. But, uh, well, it would be... Well, for its own purposes, mostly I just want to draw a lot of attention to identity itself and and let people in on the fact that nobody's identities have to be limited and everybody's perspective to this point in human history is one of assuming that identities are limited. But if you if you understand like anybody's persona publicly, like any celebrity or YouTube personality or whatever, they limit themselves by having, by being just, I'm this on the YouTube channel, you know, and they don't, but I guess I'm figuring if I draw attention just to the concept identity through what I'm doing through my identity as this, then I'm not somebody who's like a YouTube personality that's just limited to, hey, there's it's this person as the entertainer uh, doing the thing. Because, because at the point that at the point that I'm like, it's not it's I'm saying it goes further than that. I'm saying there's more to it than that, than just having than just being a celebrity. There's more to it than that. There's being like because you don't just have to be because you're not just that YouTube personality but but ultimately I am limited because it's like I have uh, because this is just one persona of multiple personas that I carry out like this isn't going to be me this pot me through the podcast me through the podcast is ultimately an entertainment uh, channel it's it's an entertainment 
medium for me to filter this Sir, this persona through and it is part of who I am, but it's not entirely who I am and it's not entirely who I, who I am because I am other people besides the person I am on this podcast because anybody who has a YouTube channel, they end up being one th- one identity like they end up pl- having to play to that identity after a while like at least in the beginning your viewing audience hasn't determined exactly the bounds of your identity you know, like the kind of person you are but they because we speak and think in limited terms and only accept limited identities like we only like in in the sense that identity is unlimited and identity is actually unlimited but we have to we can only comprehend people through filters like through and we have to we have to define them and put them in boxes so that we don't because that's it's incomprehensible for us to try to take on like the depth of somebody else's subjective reality which the depth of that subjective reality would be uh, characteristic of their full of the depth of their identity, which I would, which is, which is limitless. It's as limitless as your imagination is. However much you can imagine, can you? You can imagine any kind of identity. But I want to, but I, I want to draw attention to that. And in drawing attention to that, I want to transcend celebrity <laughs> itself. <laughs> I want to transcend celebrity itself. I want to be the best. I want to be the best celebrity as I have, I have no viewing audience. I don't, I listening audience. I'm not saying I'm a celebrity. I'm saying the act, entertainment. I want to transcend entertainment, not being a celebrity because I'm not one. I entertainment, entertainment is limited, but maybe at the point that you say, Oh, there's actually no limit to your identity. Then, uh, then it's not, then, then I'm getting at what the whole podcast thing is about because the podcast thing is, is about you not having a limit to your identity. Anyway, I'm just, I'm defining it, you know, I'm defining it. I'm defining it. I'm defining it as that like podcasts are getting at that. There's actually no limit to your identity. That's why it's this new entertainment format where people record like three of them in a week, like just two hours of, people talking to each other and it wasn't it wasn't scripted and it, there wasn't all this energy that had to be put into it like all the camera people and the sound and the edit you didn't have to set up scenes or anything or write a script or put money or energy into it all that it takes all that it takes is just for you and a couple of people to talk because ultimately there's no limit to your imagination. There's no limit to what you're speaking about. Your mind is in a different place every day. You always have different stuff to talk about. If you are at least somewhat inclined to like being somebody who talks or being somebody who wants to make a podcast, you have you, it's pretty much unlimited, but I, I'm saying that the identity yeah, the word identity and the concept identity already says that. And I like, yeah, and then I give myself entirely away. I'm trying to define it. I'm trying to define it because because I want to be undefinable. I'm trying to define it so I can be above it. But it's just something I'm naturally doing, and it sounds probably really arrogant the entire way that I described that. But can you? But But I am like, why do I even think that I'm entertaining? Why do I think that people want to hear me? Why do I think I have things to say that are different from what everybody else has to say. I mean, why do I think that? I do think that. 
I do think I have things to say that other people don't have to say. That's what I think. Um, and we're all, and the way that I can make my podcast not, uh, the way that I can make my podcast not a cult, like I'm a guy talking, like everybody's listening to me for my opinion, like I'm, I'm the purveyor of truth. The way that I do that is by explaining that I'm wrong and asking you to contribute to, like, I would like comments on what is the opposite of identity. I'd like your ideas on that. Like we should try to arrive at a conclusion because I don't know what the opposite of identity is. And if I can figure out what the opposite of identity is, then I can, then I can more easily define it and then move on to something, something else because I need to move on to something else. That's what I was thinking about today. And it was only today that I was like, Oh, that's why you keep thinking about identity so much is that because it is both subjective and objectively, like it's it's very prevalent in subjectivity and very prevalent in objectivity it's very prevalent in both of them it's almost like the entirety of both of them which would be which would be a big it's a big concept if it's that you know it's a big concept um but uh but uh, so yeah so the perspective i speak from is one of like finite things and infinite things or the macroscopic versus the microscopic, but the microscopic is, is descriptive is more a quantum. You're talking about quanta or the space between zero and one because quantum physics, quantum mechanics, quantum, quantum computing, they deal with the space between zero and one. And I think that you can, you can take like these major fields and it's easier to understand them. If you understand the, the subject, the finite versus infinite dynamic of them or the subjective versus objective dynamic and quantum physics, it deals with the space between zero and one because it deals with, it deals with, uh, percentages and that it deals with things like where, where the particle, where a particle will appear. And if it'll appear in one of two places, but it, but it's like, uh, it's only a 50, 50 shot. Um, depending on where, like if you have a, like, I don't really know much about it. <laughs> I don't know much about it. I'm just talking about the generals I'm talking about. I'm just talking about it in general, but it deals with percentages, like where a particle is going to show up, but it's the, it's the same thing as like wave particle duality. You can describe one of those as finite and one, the, one of those is infinite. A particle is finite and it is observable the same way that an object is, the same way that something presented to your mind is, is observable, a particle is. But in the sense that it is a wave, it is not observable. And I would describe that like then as a wave, as a wave of probability, it's between a space of zero and one as a wave. And so it's, it's subjective or infinite as a wave, but as a particle, it's finite or objective and wave particle duality. And I would say that wave particle duality, the numerical equivalent for that is zero one duality, not that. And that's another thing like people wouldn't typically verbalize it that way, but they do, uh, in quantum computing, whether or not they know it, but it's like, it's a, it's the same thing as saying wave particle duality because one and zero, zero is like a wave and one is like a particle, but, but the particle becomes a wave. It's like, uh, it, it's the un, it's the unobservable, 
particle. It's the disintegrated particle. It's like the distributed, it's the particle distributed out evenly over everything, the same way that a spectrum shows you an even distribution of all of the elements of the spectrum, all of the frequencies. All of the frequencies are evenly distributed on a spectrum, or all the shades of color are evenly distributed on the visible spectrum because each one of them is equal to the other ones because they're all they're all within a space that have that has already been defined and so all of the elements within the space are of equal value to all the other elements in the space and and that's different from finiteness where everything has separated values everything has separated values with regard to finiteness masculinity and femininity masculinity is finiteness and femininity is infiniteness uh order is finiteness and chaos is infiniteness like you can order is finiteness because order deals with the separation of values and the separation of definitions the separation like there are where things are defined like everything around you is defined and it's defined differently based on what it is and it is defined and it is a separate everything around you that is external to yourself that has a different definition that you can see is a separate thing from everything else that you've defined and that designates a single location it takes up a single location they're all differently defined things and so because of that they all have different definitions and if it has a different definition from everything else that is the one out of infinity things that that like a shoe is one out of infinity things as defined it's a shoe and it is the only thing that is a shoe and it has that specific definition because it has value over all these other things that are defined everything that's defined has its distinct value and everything that is defined then has separate values and everything external to yourself has separate values and is and is ordered because because order is where there is separation of values where there's where there can be one two three four five six seven where things can be counted and and ordered you can order the things that are outside of yourself you like you can you can even see in a room where everything where everything already is besides that you can arrange furniture you can arrange things easily with finite objects you can order them you can place them wherever you want to and you can order you can order different values however you want to you can order finite things you cannot order chaos chaos is infiniteness chaos is where everything is equal to everything else and that is what quantum mechanics this that's what the world of quantum mechanics is talking about it's talking about an infinite space it's talking about chaos and in chaos uh words as we say them don't even apply like the rules in chaos are are impossible to understand because you're describing an infinite space and even and numbers don't even work in the infinite space. We have to use complex numbers, which are numbers with I in them. You have to use complex numbers for quantum physics, uh, quantum mechanics. Whereas in the finite world, or the world like, uh, and then the opposing one for that is general relativity, um, or the dealing with macroscopic bodies. So this is microscopic in quantum physics, and then macroscopic with general relativity um that is uh those are finite things and they're all they're in contrast to their number you can use numbers to describe them you can use numbers to measure everything in finite space easily you can count yards for this for the distance between two things you can you can quantify 
gravitational pull and that kind of thing. Like you can quantify it. You can quantify stuff in general relativistic in the finite world in the universe, just the universe as you see it, where you can't quantify things is in, is within a space zero to one in a microscopic space in a space that doesn't even involve being able to observe a particle anymore is where you can't quantify things. And that is an, that is an infinite space. Or if you could imagine whatever it takes for something to be there and then entirely gone, like whatever is the spectrum between gone and here or the spectrum of one table to zero tables is like that would be indescribable like if like not just the not just the constructing of a table but like the whatever particles coming together like it just being there versus it not being there like the difference between one thing and nothing and so if you were able to describe the process of creating one thing from one thing just in general from there being nothing at all uh then you would be starting to describe infinity you would be describing like the whatever the space from zero to one is um and you'd be describing chaos and like within chaos there is no order obviously so chaos describes how every element within the space zero to one is equal to every other element uh, the, in like on the visible spectrum, every single, and I say that every color is equal to every other color, uh, because no, because no shade of color is better than any other shade of color. And that's the way that things work in a spectrum is that no velocity is better than any other velocity. Whereas in the finite space everything is better than everything else like meaning that it is not equal it's not everything is not equal everything is disequal in a finite space because everything has a different definition and therefore has a different value um in finite versus infinite and and so i categorize all this stuff by finite versus by finite versus infinite um and it's astounding to me that you can classify them and you know you can know what the classification is because it is it's just true that a particle would be finite while the wave is infinite and that zero is zero is infinite while one is finite because the i'm saying also that the dynamic between one and zero is like the same thing as the dynamic between a particle and a wave or and really ultimately between frequency and wavelength because a frequency is something that happens one time and therefore a frequency has to be designated by a one as opposed to a non-existent it has to be designated by an existence as opposed to a non-existence and uh, so like a frequency is a, one, is a one or is finite where a wave wavelength is describing infiniteness. But obviously a wavelength is describing infiniteness because it is it has infinite deviations from the beginning to the to the end of it. It goes in a wave. It goes in an in, in infinity. Um, and and so you so you can classify lots of stuff that way but you besides that that just happens to be what like the way that i want to try to organize everything because it can tell you a lot it can tell you a lot of stuff that you don't normally hear if you try to think about how everything is organized that way and i would also i would also say that addition as an operation is finite and deals with finite things the adding and subtracting of points um and of numbers and of counting numbers and 
the idea of counting is all is reserved for the finite, whereas the idea of whatever the opposite of counting is is reserved for the infinite, um, and whatever the opposite of counting is, and you're not able to count by the same rules in an infinite space, and that's why we have a lot of trouble trying to figure out what's what's going on in the world of quantum mechanics. And the world of quantum mechanics was really only born uh, like over a hundred years ago with Einstein and then a guy named Planck. <laughs> like you would know, you would know Planck if you were into science at all. Like he's pretty, he's pretty well known, but they, they did a lot of work to say that, well, actually, uh, they kind of brought about the idea of wave particle duality and, uh, by their study of photons and of uh, and of the visible spectrum and stuff like that, um, and uh, because of that is like we now have the study of this infinite space that we're trying to define rules for, but it's a space that's undefinable. And that's another classification I would make: is that the finite is the finite is reserved for the definable, while the infinite is the undefinable, and the finite is the known but the infinite is the unknown. And, and so, and so there you go. And the, so the infinite is the unknown, but it's the subjective and the objective. And it's, and ultimately I want to say, and that's why I describe the square root of minus one is this positive, is this unit that is a product of positivity and negativity. I want to say that finite is positive and the infinite is negative and that is it's got to be true i just don't have i don't have a basis entirely for it in my mind i don't have a basis for it the same way i have a basis for other things that's just it's got to be like a po a position a position is a point a position is a designated location and is a visible, a position, a posit, or a, a positive instance, is a, is a designated location that's visible. The same way that any object that you see is a designated location, essentially. And so a negation, it's hard to exactly say what that is, but it's, it would be like, it would be a negation of whatever position you said was a position, whatever positive instance. But, okay, so, but, I would also say that the entire operation addition, which is the addition and subtraction of things that are countable, and the countable can only exist in the finite, while the opposite of countable can exist only in the infinite. And the same goes for language, where language is based around words, and words are finite instances. There are things that we've defined. We put a border around an idea, and an idea existed infinitely, and it, it existed in our imagination before it was defined. Um, but upon it coming out of our mouths and being a definition that existed in the external world, in the world external to ourselves, it became a finite. It became a finite thing, and words are finite things, and we can see their finite definitions in the dictionary. Um, but words and language is finite, while uh, the lack of language, or really the lack of pattern, the lack of pattern and the lack of language is infinite and that is another reason why like we don't we can't describe the space between zero and one through it's difficult to, to describe it through quantum physics because 
We don't even have the language to describe it. Our language has developed entirely around finite things. Like our entire existence as humanity has been has been us describing the ex the world external to ourselves. We've been describing finite things and describing things that are definable. Now, within the last hundred years, has been brought to light this world of undefinable things like quantum physics and and quantum computing and just the the opportunity to describe a space that is infinite. And we don't have our language is entirely predicated on finite things and we don't have language for this entirely different world the world of the microscopic we don't have language for that at all and and whatever language you can describe it in has entirely different rules like it's it's the opposite what's a better word for that it's the opposite it's the antithesis of language the antithesis of language is like the is the subjective space or an infinite space it's it's the negation of language um Yes. Yes, yes it is. But okay, so what I'm saying is the entire operation addition which involves the adding and subtracting of finite things is reserved for the finite while multiplication is subjective. So, multiplication and division is reserved for a subjective space and that isn't something you'll hear, I don't think. I don't think anybody I haven't read anywhere where anybody's decided that that's true besides here. But multiplication exists subjectively, and that tells you a lot about multiplication. And it is my belief that if you can get to the heart of what multiplication is, meaning you can order order multiplication the same way you can order addition, because you can order addition and subtraction very easily, uh, being which is you can count things. You can count things, you can add things, and that is the language of the finite. The language of the infinite deals with the operations of multiplication and division, which you aren't able to order products. You don't know where a product begins, like what number is, what, like what is the beginning of a product, because a product, first of all, it always has to, it always has to include one. I mean, it always has to result in one. And that's, that's part of why, it's part of why, I'll explain that in a different episode, multiplication and division, but it, the product, it always, it always results in a product. It always results in one definition where a one definition that was the result of multiple components that went, that went into it. And so it describes a subjective space because it describes components that make us, that make a single unit. And, uh, and space and time is, is another one. Like space and time, space is uh, finite, and space is finite. and involves locations and positions and uh, space and what you can see. Whereas I would say that time is infinite, but it is infinite because it, because it deals with a space between zero and one and time deals with a space between zero and one because it deals with um, all the things that you can describe one to be. It deals with quanta. It deals with all the different units. It deals with, so if you're, if you're imagining, if you're imagining where you can, how you can deal with all the different units, you realize that the 
numerical value doesn't matter if if it's only the change in the unit that matters if it's only the change from meters to yards to seconds to liters to any sort of unit of measure time deals with all the different kinds of units of measure that you can think of and every single unit of measure is contained within a space between zero and one is contained by the unit by the definition of units so time deals with different units space deals with the quantifying of the same unit over and over and over again the adding of the same unit the finite so the finite you can sort of understand how that well obviously you understand how that's easier to comprehend because it's just the it's just the adding and subtracting of single units but time deals with the all the different possible units all the different changes in measurement and if you're just dealing with the unit then the numerical value attached to the amount of units doesn't doesn't matter because time describes everything that one can be or everything that the individual can be or everything that subjectivity can be. Time is very descriptive of, it's very much uh, encapsulated by subjectivity. It's encapsulated by that, but the subjectivity that is carried on at a number of different levels, but time deals with all the diff, uh, all kinds of different uh, measures of units because because it is because it is relative i mean it's relative it deals with relativity and relativity exists on a spectrum and it exists between a space be, uh, between a space between zero and one between a space that's where it that's between where be zero and then between it where then one between where it does i'm really on a roll so zero, it deals with because time is relative because every point in the universe has a different perception of time, meaning every point in the universe measures time differently. And if every point in the universe measures time differently, they have a different unitary measure. And, and it's just time doesn't deal with uh, quantify, the quantifiable. It doesn't deal with the quantifiable. It, deals with all the different things that you can describe one to be time is it's one because you're it's it's a one that you're subject to all the time and because you're always subject to it, it like it always exists whereas you're not subject to every single space that exists you can you can manipulate space you can manipulate the way that you move through space and you're not subject to it therefore therefore space exists at a finite level for you at which you have control over your the way that you define the space around you and the way like uh you can set definition you can understand definitions at the level of space and the level of finiteness you can't understand definitions within time because time is subjective that's the same way that you couldn't understand subjectivity or an infinite space the same way that you can't describe infinity is the same way you can't describe what's undefinable in the same way that you can't describe time so uh so just so you know so just so so just so you know yeah so time and space and the infinite and the finite let me think if there's another another couple things i could say it's like frequency, something that's spectral, something that's spectral versus something that is just a point, something that is not spectral, you know, something that's frequent versus something that's infrequent, something that's infrequent, something that's relative versus something that is 
unrelative or separated because something that's connected versus something that's united something that's united is infinite space something that's like separated versus connected or or infrequent or uh, <laughs> spectral versus separated relative versus unrelative meaning isolated isolated versus entirely unified uniform uniform too uniform versus uniformity versus ununiformity un in unif on what is it uniformity versus disuniformity disunity and uh so um did you know did you how do you did you uh, why anyway okay so um now I'm fucking freaking out because I think I think I did this too loud. Anyway. Uh so time and space and space and time. And then time and time and space and space space and time. I just need to I just need to be farther away from the microphone. And okay, so let me bring it home here. Um there so Besides that, I classify everything between finite and infinite. That is like, that's what we head towards anyway. What we head towards is, what we head towards is, um, okay, so anyway. So besides that, I classify anything, everything through finite and infinite, uh, as a world, we head more towards that perspective and are more inclusive of the of the perspective that allows for both definability and undefinability at the same time, and more so undefinability, because the perspective of trying to describe things which are undefinable, which is the which is the description of a space between zero and one, um, has only come about recently. Um, but we're even as a world pushing towards trying to find what is at the heart of those two opposing things, which I would most comprehensively say is the, is things that are finite versus things that are infinite, because that seems to capture all of them. Things that are finite versus things that are infinite. We're trying to figure out what's the heart of those two things, because scientifically, the push is literally, can we find the link between those two ideas? Can we find the link between the macroscopic and the microscopic, between the finite and the between the finite and the infinite general relativity and quantum mechanics is the main scientific push and uh they call that the theory of everything can we find the theory of everything can we find the link between those two giant bodies of knowledge those two giant bodies of knowledge the quantum physics and general relativity because they don't have a link between them and then they so they're coming up with all these all these different theories um and the link between them, the best way for you to think about it is that it's you want to find a language translation between the two of them. You want to find a language translation between the macroscopic and the microscopic or between the infinite and the finite or general relativity and quantum mechanics. 
uh, you want to find the language translation between them because the language translation will tell you truth with regards to with regard to both languages. If you know what the translation is, if you're able to mark out a translation, um, or whatever it is that includes both of them, because the translation between those two languages will be between the both of them in the middle, in the middle somewhere, and. So I would say the theory of everything is just one, is the number one. The number one is the theory of everything, uh, ultimately. And you would, that's a good philosophical answer. It's not practically what scientists are looking for, but at least you could put that as the midway point between the two of those, between finiteness and infiniteness and between uh, the microscopic and the macroscopic or and between a world that is undefinable and the world that is definable um it's just the number one or the individual or this the border of the individual it's the border between the subjective and the objective which somehow links both realities which is very similar at least with regard to subjectivity and objectivity is like the point at which you speak words and they come out of your mouth the point that you're subjective reality meets is taking part in the objective reality so it's like it's kind of just like the border of that you exist and then are able to be defined by other people that you do actions that other people can see like when you perform an action that ultimately stems from your mind or is something that you wanted to do or is and is a product of your like something you would do genetically you know any action that you would perform or anything that you say any sentence that comes out of your mouth comes from your subjective mind and then is evidenced in reality for other people to see and then is part of the objective reality and so there's like so the description is like what is it what do you say is between subjectivity and objectivity if it's this like boundary this border sort of thing that we cross all the time it's a border that we cross when we speak we enter the objective reality from the subjective reality and we we obtain information from the objective reality around us and then transfer that into our subjective reality and it's really like it's really like we translate it into our own language where our own language is predicated on the categories and definitions we've created in our mind to organize language because everybody organizes it differently and everybody like the definitions that they have for things are built around a different set of manifestations of the thing that's being defined. And so it's sort of like a lang it's sort of like a translation of language between the objective to your to and you translate it into something that is digestible for you yourself. Um and but it's one the reason that the link between finite and infinite is one and between subjectivity and objectivity is one because it's because subjectivity ends at one and then begins at higher numbers than that because beyond subjectivity like you as an individual um you whatever you're an individual of like you're and you're an individual human you're a human um at the point that you are not just considering the space that is you yourself subjectively, you're considering uh, other humans. And so then you can count numbers higher than one. And the finite is involves counting and it involves it involves 
It involves counting, but it is still it still includes the number one because the finite begins at one. The finite begins at one, and the infinite ends at one. The subjective ends at one, and the objective begins at one. You need the objective begins at one, frequency begins at one, a whole undivided unit of anything begins at one. Anything you can count, or like a manifestation of an idea like peace, like manifestations of peace. There, you can count those. You can count manifestations of anger. You can like. Uh, um, but yes, yeah, enough by, no, I'm not done talking about it. So you can count manifestations of peace or anger or whatever, but, and you can start to count them beyond one thing. Anything that you can count is, is one and over. You can't count less than one. You can't count zero. You can't. You can't count zero and like there's it's a different thing to describe yeah can't count less than one and you can't count zero um and you can't count as you can't count fractional amounts the same way like you can't count whole undivided undivided things that you can define definition begins at one uh and then undefinition ends at one or is contained within one is contained within a space zero zero to one like the infinite and so i'm saying that the infinite ultimately like the easiest way for you to describe it to yourself is as a space between zero and one but like a spectrum ends at one and it contains a space zero to one and then the finite begins at one and so your link between the microscopic and the macroscopic is the only thing that includes both of those that is intersectional of both of them and is a superposition of both of them the same in a similar way that the past is a superposition of the future at the present in in the one is at one one is the superposition of finite and infinite is where it's where the finite is equal to the infinite because it because one contains both of those um yeah so I wanted to describe just the overall general perspective that I speak from. Man, I just have like, I have allergies and I think they're allergies. Who gives a fuck? Oh man, I have allergies and they're just, no one cares. They aren't comfortable, but Everyone knows that allergies aren't comfortable. Woe is me. My life is in shambles. I don't have anything to hold on to. I can't identify myself. Woe is me. Because if I carry on being the guy who doesn't have an identity, it's like a theater performance. Because I'm just like, oh, what do I do? What do I... Uh? Because I'm just a character. I'm subject to being a character. And it's out of my control. I mean, the more that I make it just the one thing, if even if it is something like lack of identity, if you can define lack of identity, you've made lack of identity a singular thing. Like, if I'm definable, like, oh, that's just the guy that always talks about not having an identity. I don't know. Like, what am I worrying about? I'm not worrying about it. I'm not worrying about it. I'm just saying, uh, the reason that I bring it up, it's just because theater, I like the idea of theater. I wanted to link something to that. It's theater. It's, 
it's theater because theater is different from performance. Like theater just involves theater makes you think of, makes you start to think about repetition more, how things are, how things are repetitious with regard to performance, how things are repetitious. I like that. Um, it was in, it was in, uh, Midsummer because they were a cult. They're, uh, they're going to an Island. The main characters are going to an Island where this cult is doing all their cult shit. And they're, uh, the, one of the characters that is already part of what goes on on the Island, uh, that's bringing them there is at least a guest of theirs. He's a friend of theirs and knows the goings on of the Island. He is telling them about it beforehand. And he's like, well, what they do is sort of like theater. And really it's true that all the practices of the cult are, are performances that they're carrying out and it's for, for themselves. It's performances that they're carrying out and they're all, they're all repetitious, but it is like theater. And I don't want it to be like theater, but it's also like you make things like theater to be like theater when you have an excuse that you go back to for something in life when you have an excuse you can make it like a you can make it like theater like oh i like you can say you know in school i was learning print and then they made me switch to cursive and uh and i started to learn cursive and forgot about print and then they made me switch back to print and i hadn't mastered cursive yet so so i don't uh have a really standard condensed I don't have a standard form of writing that's that I can go with it's always just between the two like or he's just chosen print but he's shitty at it like well all I do is print now but back in school I was stuck doing cursive for so long that I just don't I'm not at the same level as other people with my ability to print and my ability to write quickly because I was just such a mixture of the two I was unusually a mixture of the two way more so than other people and it was more of a problem for me and it carries through to this day and I can't write as well as other people like because back in school because you're going back to back in school because you're living by that you're like you're playing a character at least somewhat because you're the character of the guy who had this who has this problem that you have no control over you have no control over its circumstance like you're carrying out a performance like you're carrying out a performance and you need to go about you need to you need to keep being the character of that guy as long as you are as long as you're making it about the excuse as long as you're saying that you can't overcome the excuse or there's like no way for you to as long as that's your identity, as long as that's who you are, like that's part of my identity. I just, I can't write. Like it's just saying that if you are reserved to an identity in a way like that, like it's an excuse, uh, then you're, you're saying that you don't have control over that particular circumstance. Like it's not, there's nothing you can do about it. Like that guy, like that's just an excuse for, if you say something like that, it's just an excuse to not try to write better because the school screwed you over ultimately. Not that it's like, not that it's like a bad one. It's not, there's uh because there's, you're not gonna, you're not gonna, somebody loses a leg it's not a performance that they walk around without a leg for the rest of their life. 
so it's not a bad thing to have ex- like to play up an excuse it's not a bad thing because that's what everybody does it's not a bad thing to be like to live by excuses you just don't want to go so much into it that you're like not taking responsibility for things but you can you can have excuses and that's fine because it's what everybody does because you can't live without excuses you have to have you have to have identity you know you have to have things that are well maybe but you don't want to make it so much about your past at least in my opinion and about the excuse so that you end up being the character whatever I can't. Could somebody give me a line? Well, it's time for me to end this because I think you know why. Uh, be prepared to come back and... Uh, contributions are fine do comment and say things that i got wrong and uh i'd like a contribution i'd like uh other people's opinions on uh, i want ideas i want other people's ideas on what they think is true not so much critiques on the podcast i don't really care about those i don't care about that i want people's ideas on things so that i can have more ideas to talk about and and partake in other people's ideas and ex and expand on the ideas that i have through your ideas so you should share ideas that you have about things that i said in your comments um is what you should do uh but uh thanks for listening seriously and i will i will be back with another episode in the future